It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live! Yeah, baby! Hello, 2023, and hello, everybody in the chat room. Great to see you. Let me double-check, make sure that we are, in fact, broadcasting. <laughs> I need to change the video rhythm. Oh, that's fine. I'm going to leave it as is. Do I look okay? Um, hi, you guys. Uh, I'm trying out some new backgrounds today. <laughs> Let's see how you guys like it. Um, anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to 2023. I can't believe it's been two months since I've done a live show. Hope you guys enjoyed all the stuff from the rally uh, sequels that we played over the uh, eight episodes that I wasn't here. Um, woo, Tom's excited for his first ever Taxi TV. Well, you get to watch me uh, be a little nervous. I don't have stage fright, but it's been a while, so my pattern has been uh, interrupted, so I hope I get it all right today. Anyway, today we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions, but before we get started, if you're not already a subscriber to this channel, click that red button and subscribe now. And if you didn't wear your little finger out clicking that button, please give us a like by clicking that thumbs up button. And if you're really into clicking stuff, click that little bell so you get alerts when we're going live. Um, yeah, I did. I got some new control room photos. I've been uh, pestering a, a good friend of mine runs Criteria Studios in Miami, where I started my career in 1974, 75, somewhere back then. Um, and so I'm trying them out today. Uh, this is the control room of Studio C, which just got redone. Um, that's why he's hitting all the, or sending all the new uh, photos to me. But that's the room where, um, let's see, Elvin Bishop recorded Fooled Around and Fell in Love. Eric Clapton recorded, uh, or at least, I think, mixed uh, I Shot the Sheriff and the other stuff from that album in that room. I think they might have recorded the album in Studio B, but mixed in Studio C. I think I'm right about that. Um, and let's see, the B, all the BG stuff was done in there, if I didn't just mention that. Um, oh, Eagles. <clears throat> One of these nights, Hotel California, done in that room. So there's that room. Uh, and then this is Studio A, where I spent most of my time at Criteria. There's beautiful Studio A with those incredibly bright yellow monitors. They just redid uh, like the facade, some of the fabric and acoustic stuff in that room as well. Um, I think that room's like Almond Brothers Eat a Peach, I think was done in that room. I worked on the first Firefall album in that room. Just all kinds of history went on in that room. Believe it or not, the music for the Jackie Gleason show was done in that room, and I worked on a couple of those sessions as well. Yep, very yellow. Um, it almost looks like a couple of faces staring at you. Uh, and then, of course, we've got this room, our old room. So uh, if you guys would be so kind, drop a comment in the comment section during or after today's show and let us know if you like the yellow room, the blue room, or the old control room as the uh, background. Um, also, don't let me forget the giveaway. Here, I'm going to go back to one of the cool new backgrounds. 
giving away this awesome microphone today. Um, it is a 512 audio, which is made by the folks at Warm Audio. Um, 512 audio, what's it called? Um, audio Skylight. This mic is supposed to be, I haven't used it or heard it, it's supposed to be killer on vocals. Um, it's heavy. <laughs> this thing got away like three pounds. It's solid like a brick. Uh, most unusual, look at that, it's got like the weirdest, in a good way, um, pop filter I've ever seen. It's got like this steel woolly stuff inside and then this cool looking great kind of retro or futuristic, I'm not sure, on the front. Anyway, um, so there you go. Um, spittle control, there you go. It is a pretty mic. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, they sent us a, uh, what was it called, 47 Junior microphone, which I actually took that one home and plugged that into my Universal Audio, um, oh gosh, what's it called? I don't know, I don't have the box here, but uh, my Universal Audio, not the Apollo, the more recent one that's got the, uh, oh, Volt 276. It's got the built-in um uh, preamp uh, and uh, 1176 compressor in it. Anyway, I plug. I was not a fan of Neumann 47s. The 47 FETs back in the 70s and 80s didn't love them. Thought they were a really boring microphone, but I definitely uh, was in the minority on that. Um, so out of curiosity, uh, because the folks at Warm Audio sent us a 47 Junior, uh, which is supposed to emulate the classic sound of the 47 FET. I took it home, plugged it in, and I've got to say, I love that mic. Tried it on a vocal, on acoustic guitar, um, and loved the um, Volt 276 on bass guitar. Anyway, enough of that. Um, now on with the show. So before I get into the meat of all this, um, I want to acknowledge people whose thoughts and advice about New Year's resolution. I've been studying up on this stuff for like a week now, literally like an hour or two a day and a couple hours over the weekend and about four hours this morning. Um, Stephen Pressfield, who you know I adore, the author of The War of Art. If you haven't read this book yet, buy it. It's a must read. I mean, you can literally bang this out on a Saturday. It's a life-changing book. Many, 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 literally thousands of taxi members over the years have read it. Um, another book he did, it's a follow-up called Do the Work. That's what the front cover looks like. Also excellent. And then the third one in that trilogy called Turning Pro. But absolutely start out with The War of Art. Um, I also want to acknowledge that I've stolen from Michael Hyatt and a person named Meet, M-E-E-T, Shaw, S-H-A-W. Um, many of the words you're going to hear me say today are my own words. Um, some are their ideas with me thinking about it and fine-tuning the thoughts. Uh, I may or may not have totally agreed with some of the stuff, but it, it spurned an idea in me. Anyway, uh, but I can't not <laughs> double negative. I can't not <laughs> acknowledge these folks because I learned a lot from them and I, I haven't stolen liberally from them, but I've been inspired liberally by them. 
So here we go. Um, according to research from the University of Scranton in beautiful Pennsylvania, nearly four out of 10 people quit their resolutions before reaching the month of February. We're talking you know, single month after they've made the resolution that 40% uh, have already quit their resolutions and more will fall off after that, which I definitely found um, as well. Um, according, uh, let's see, further research tells us that in the end, only 10% of us actually stick to our New Year's resolutions that we make, only 10%. So I think that the reason that 90% of the resolutions aren't successful is that most people make resolutions about doing things they don't wanna do. I mean, let's face it, if you wanted to do it, you probably would have done it already and you would need to make a, a, re a resolution to get a man on it and do it. So um, as the CEO of Taxi, my goal is to help every one of our members. I stole this from my own notes from 2018 or 2021, I think. Uh, my goal, of course, is to help every one of our members become successful with their music. Most members want to earn some income with their music. Others simply define their success as getting their music out there where people can hear it and they can be appreciated and acknowledged. And I get all of that. For many taxi members, achieving both acknowledgement and income is a desirable goal. So I put together some New Year's resolutions to help you achieve those goals. And most of the ideas I'm going to present today uh, are pretty easy to follow and achieve. Okay. So I already said this one, buy and read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, starting today. I mean, literally while I'm on the air, go to Amazon, order this book, uh, and then you can send me a thank you note because you will love this book. I promise you this book will change your life. Um, let's see. Uh, already covered that. Um, by the way, if you're currently a taxi member and you missed my interview with Stephen Pressfield back during our live virtual convention, Taxi Road Rally of 2020, you can get the private link on your taxi member profile page. So just look for Road Rally 2020. And it was, I think the first, it was the first interview I did at the beginning. Unfortunately, we had a really bad connection with him. Um, so it was a little sketchy at times. But it was a great interview. People that watched it loved it. I've gone back and re-watched it, other than wincing a lot at, at the connectivity. I was scared to death we were going to lose him in the middle of the interview and not get him back. Yes, Ken Mesford, the golden days of COVID. By the way, while I was gone, um, at some point during the eight weeks uh, since I've seen you last, right at the day after we finished the Road Rally sequels, I got on a plane flew over to Israel, was there for a couple days. Then my wife and I went to Poland and Lithuania um, for a cheery little trip to visit some Holocaust-related stuff, something that's always been on our bucket list. And we heard of a great tour that other people we know had been on. So we went on it. It was astonishingly good, um, gut-wrenching. Uh, highly informative. Uh, and then the day, the uh, last day I got COVID but had the mildest case of COVID in the world. Literally had the chills for, I don't know, half an hour, an hour or something on a Friday night, stayed in bed all day Saturday, just took Advil and like um, NyQuil or DayQuil or something. I was fine. Uh, it could have been a false positive test, but I did have the chills, but I had no achy joints. 
I had no massive headache, I had no loss of taste, I had no coughing, I had no runny nose, I had nothing. And I went to take a second test um, and I spilled the little vial on the, the bedspread. So who knows, but uh, anyway, if I did in fact have COVID, it was the mildest case I've heard of and I was glad of that. Uh, okay, getting back to um, our New Year's resolutions. So here's something I found on a website called SetQuotes, S-E-T-Quotes.com. Um, and this is by the gentleman who I'm going to quote after this, uh, named Meet Shah, M-E-E-T-S-H-A-H. I misspelled it before with a W on the end. It's S-H-A-H. A goal without a plan is only a wish. While New Year's resolutions always start with a wish of what we hope will lead to a better life, every life coach will tell you that in order to turn our wishes into realities, we need specifics, we need objectives, and we need a strategy. So the, some of the stuff I'm going to read you is my interpretation of his stuff. Some of it uh, is directly from him. Uh, and he published this stuff on that website in January of 2022, so a year ago. The significance of your goals and dreams is meaningless without planning and execution. Duh. Planning is the first step to execution. Without planning, there is no possibility for execution. So a goal without a plan is nothing more than a wish. Or to put it in another way, uh, it's like having a desire for a result without actually working hard for it. I'm going to read that again because I think we've all been guilty of that at some point. Maybe some people are guilty of it all the time. Um, the significant, whoops, or another way to put it, it's like having a desire for a result without actually working hard for it. And I think that may be the case for a lot of musicians, a lot of creative people in general. They just want it so badly, but they think wanting something, success in whatever form that is for them, they want it so badly that they think that they can just want it and it will manifest without doing the work. And that's bullpucky. <laughs> Remember, magic doesn't happen in real life. Nothing happens on its own. Uh, at least in my experience, nothing good ever happens on its own. It surely takes courage to take that first step. As long as you're uh, tying your dreams into goals, make sure you plan out your next moves and find the courage to initiate that first step. It always takes that first step. Imagination and planning both play key roles in this. Every great thing we see today was once somebody's vision, but it's their planning and hard work that turned it into reality. Um, the absence of a plan makes any goal unreal, unachievable. Uh, do you know what the key difference is between a wish and a goal? Uh, the majority of goals can be achieved with planning and action steps. Action! Gotta take the action. Can't just sit there and think about it. Want it, yearn for it, and it will just show up. If, if you figure out how to do that, please give me a call. Um, wishes aren't necessarily practical, but in most cases they're unachievable since no action steps are in place to turn them into a reality. For example, you may wish to become a millionaire overnight. Wouldn't that be sweet? But in your heart, you know that it's unrealistic and impossible. However, if you divide your actions and break them into small, small steps, 
chunks. You can become a millionaire in the near future. Um, getting something done overnight is still a wish. Overnight, still a wish. And a lot of times unrealistic and impossible, even if you're working really hard for it. So yeah, you know, there's no guarantee other than maybe there's a guarantee that if you don't do the work, you have no chance. If you do do the work, you have a chance, but you're not guaranteed 100% that the result will manifest. Uh, a goal is something that comes along with a deadline. Ta-da! Taxi equals deadlines. Um, and that's what makes you take an action to make a detailed roadmap that lets you accomplish your goal and turn your vision into a reality. A taxi listing is a great example of that. The listing not only lays out the roadmap for you uh, as to what's needed, but it comes with a deadline. That makes you take the action. Your goal is to create a piece of music in response to that specific request and get it done by the deadline. Now, plans differentiate goals from wishes. Uh, that was said a little earlier. Um, they're the thing that bridges the two together <clears throat> and helps you accomplish something that seemed impossible before. Perseverance and hard work are the keys to success. Nobody would question that. Nothing can be achieved without them. They're integral. Uh, commitment and consistency are needed to achieve success. Make your great goal, your big, hairy, audacious goal, make that a series of small, clear steps, and that will give you the direction you need to keep moving forward. Um, we've talked about that before in previous Taxi TVs, that, you know, don't go for the big... Well, I'm going to talk about it in here, so I'm not going to bring that up because I'll throw myself off. My, I spent hours writing this and organizing and editing. I'll mess it up. Um, what matters most is your efforts. Your dream and vision are clearly in your head, and you have created a goal and planned the steps to achieve it. But what happens if there isn't enough effort? You know, enough being the operative word right there. I'm underlining it on my own notes. Um, I put in an effort. I worked on this for about four hours this morning. Uh, you tell me at the end of the show, maybe it wasn't enough effort. Maybe I should have worked eight hours on it today. Maybe I should have picked a different topic. I don't know. But just because you give it some effort doesn't also doesn't guarantee you success. Having a goal and a plan is just half of the story. In the end, it can still end up as a wish if there's a lack of effort in your action plan. Although it's not easy, It'll certainly take a lot of hard work and great effort, but in the end, this is what will set you apart from everybody else who would love to achieve the same goal as a result of their New Year's resolution, success in the music industry. But if they, did, if they only gave it half the amount of effort you did, the odds of you being successful because you gave it twice as much effort as they did, dramatically greater. So... It's just a wish if you don't put any effort into it, and just a wish where there's no realistic target, no deadline, and no roadmap for achieving it. That's a little summary of the stuff we just talked about. Here's a great quote from a guy named Stuart Scott. And I've had to read this over several times before it really sunk in for me. Don't downgrade your dream to fit your reality. So some people you know let's say they have the lofty goal of i want an entire career in the music industry maybe they're even somewhat specific i'd like an entire career in the sync side uh, film and tv placements of the music industry um 
and that doesn't happen for them. So then they they downgrade that dream to just say, I want want to get my music out there. I want people to hear it. Well, that's definitely a downgrade. You've gone from earning a living doing it, uh, getting paid for doing it, uh, being a professional, which is the, the definition of getting paid. It makes you a, a professional. Um, and you downgrade it to, I just want to get my music out there. Instead, upgrade your conviction to match your destiny. Think about that. I even bolded that. Uh, upgrade your conviction to match your destiny. That again from Stuart Scott. So if you're not getting the result that you want, rather than downgrading your dream, you should upgrade your conviction to find your destiny. I think that's a great quote. Good job, Stuart. And you might think, well, what if everything just ended up as a failure? Duh. <laughs> well, failure's part of our journey. Success and failure, nothing more than phases of your life. Come on. Nobody is successful all the time. Very few people are, are failures or fail at everything they attempt to do. If they really thought about it, I'm sure they have plenty of successes in their lifetime as well. A failure is more than expected, but one can control not, this is a double negative, right? Can control not to turn something into a big failure. No, not a double negative. Turn not, one can control not to turn something into a big failure by planning and aligning actions according to the situation. So again, this is uh, another resource saying basically the same thing that a couple of the people mentioned earlier, that um, failure is by you not turning, uh, by not planning and aligning your actions, that causes a failure. This is why planning and evaluation underlying that word, planning and evaluation are important. It always makes sense to assess ideas to make sure that they're feasible and practical enough to achieve a reasonable uh, result in a reasonable amount of time. You know, you could hold on to that dream for 20, 30, 40 years. Maybe that's overdoing it. Maybe at some point you should throw a flag on the play and change your plan. So you do, you have to make a plan and then evaluate it. But when you're busy evaluating it, don't downgrade your dream. Upgrade your conviction to match your destiny. So don't give up when you fail. Learn from your mistakes and embrace the failure, but there's no reason to keep failing and making the same mistake. Having no plan at all is the mistake. It's the big mistake, the first mistake people make, which will eventually lead to other failures in the long run, resulting in everything that goes down that line being a failure because you didn't um, have a plan in the beginning. So don't make that mistake. Instead, though, as you have fails, failures, um, embrace them. Learn from your mistakes and make sure you, that you don't repeat them. But the most important part is to conceptualize and visualize your execution. So you've come up with a plan, but okay, the plan is I'm going to work eight hours a day on my music. How are you going to work eight hours a day on your music? Be more specific. Visualize the execution of how you're going to work on your music so that you don't make mistakes that could have been avoided. Um, just making a blanket and broad general statement, I'm going to work eight hours a day on my music, 
very, very easy to pick up your phone. Where's my phone? And look at TikTok. I'm proud to say I don't even have TikTok on this phone. Probably never will. Uh, you know, very easy to get distracted. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I bought this book the other day because it came highly recommended. Stolen Focus by Jonathan Hari or Harry. Um, I looked through it and I'm sending it back. Uh, it's got like 4.7 stars or something. And it's all about not losing your focus um, and getting distracted by a million things. It didn't resonate for me, so I'm sending it back. But I do want, if anybody has suggestions on books about keeping your focus, um, I'm also famous for getting the book, Getting Things Done and Not Finishing It. <laughs> I will admit that publicly. So if you have any suggestions for books, don't put them in the chat room here. Drop them under the video in the comment section. I will check them out. I want to learn when I make up my mind that I'm going to spend an entire day on a weekend working on a project for Taxi. Um, like I was supposed to yesterday, I was supposed to be working on my notes for this show. Big chunky yesterday. I stayed in bed really late yesterday morning and watched the news. Hadn't spent a day just catching up on all the world events in, in quite some time. And the whole time I'm feeling guilty that I wasn't working on this. I worked on it today. But I should have wrapped it up yesterday so I could have worked on other stuff today. So yeah, do I need to read a book on how to solve that problem? You bet your tushy I do. Um, okay. Research also shows that New Year's resolutions made about doing things that you love have a much higher probability of success. That makes perfect sense, right? It's much easier to accomplish things that are fun and rewarding. Hell yeah. Fun makes it easy to start. Rewarding gives you the motivation and forward momentum. So what are we talking about? Music, the thing you've been doing your entire adult life, maybe even since you were a kid. You obviously enjoy it. It's fun, right? Why is it so hard for people to get focused and stay on track when it's regarding their music? It's the fun thing. <laughs> I don't get it. So think of these resolutions. Um, as doing something for you. You know, you're not doing it for somebody else. It's all for your own benefit. Fear, doubt, disappointment, and feeling overwhelmed are the things that stop us dead in our tracks when working toward achieving a resolution. Um, fear, doubt, disappointment, and feeling overwhelmed are the things that stop us dead in our tracks. So why do we experience fear? Do we have fear of the unknown? Maybe. That's scary, right? Fear of the unknown, maybe the greatest fear. Fear of failure, pretty powerful. Fear of being embarrassed by failing in front of people we know. Oh yeah, that one hurts. Or those who are closest to us. Um, I swear the only reason Taxi is a, success, is a success, the only reason I didn't quit like two years into it was frankly, I was embarrassed to let down my, my family, my um, kids from my first marriage and my brand new wife that I married the same year that I started Taxi. I didn't want to be a failure in their eyes. So not only did we need to eat, so for that reason I had to make it a success because we couldn't pay rent and buy groceries in the same month. Um, I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want them to see me fail. Do we fear that we're inadequate? 
Yeah, you know, it's that imposter syndrome. It's a fear um, that maybe we're not smart enough, or maybe not talented enough, or just plain not good enough in some way. I think it all boils down to anticipating that we'll fail at our goal, and nothing worse than a public failure. So why fear failure? Why fear failure when we can use that failure as a learning experience, right? So we do it better next time, and then the time after that. But yet we fear failure. Failure. It's like it freezes us. It petrifies us. Thomas Edison failed 9,000 times to invent the light bulb. 9,000. I, I can't even comprehend getting up and doing it all over again after 9,000 failures. What drove him, you know, after 90 or 900 to keep going to 9,000? But he learned from each failure and eventually got it right. Elon Musk and SpaceX blew up a dozen rockets on the launch pad or shortly uh, thereafter, or like takeoff, you know, early in the mission, a dozen of them before they got it right. Um, now they've had more than 150, I think somewhere close to 160 successful missions in a very short amount of time. I could be wrong about this, don't quote me, but I think that they're more successful than NASA with all that government funding. Um, so they embrace and they learn from their failures. I watched an incredible documentary that I can't remember the name of. I believe it was on Netflix. Um, it was about the first or second manned flight that SpaceX did, the first orbital manned flight that they did. By the way, really impressive. The like some of the head, head people at SpaceX are really young. Um, one lady, I, she's like in charge of all the all the astronaut training, making sure that they're trained properly. She's the person on the microphone talking to them in space all the time. She is a big damn deal. And she's like uh, 28 years old at the time that this thing was shot, when that, that particular launch happened. Um, so no, no glass ceiling for the ladies at SpaceX and, and certainly no ageist vibe going on there. 28 years old, putting that kind of level of responsibility on your shoulders. Very, very impressive. So good on you, SpaceX. Um, having doubt is clearly related to the fear of failure because remember, doubt was one of the things that, that I mentioned there. Let me go back to that for a second. Um, where the hell go? Oh, fear, doubt, disappointment. I'm going to underline those. Fear, doubt, disappointment, and feeling overwhelmed. So now I'm on doubt. Having doubt is clearly related to the fear of failure. In my opinion, doubt is just a milder form of fear. Um, it's natural to have doubts, you know. Can I pull this off? But that's a question. Fear is like... <gasps> Oh, you know, like you're petrified because you fear it. The trick is to recognize doubt for what it is, which is just a question mark. And don't ruminate on it. Don't let it spiral um, into becoming fear and paralyze you. Will you experience some disappointment from time to time? Hell yeah. So what? <laughs> Life is full of things and moments that will disappoint you. Just chock full of them. 
But if you don't experience disappointment from time to time, then how can you fully appreciate the satisfaction and the happiness and the delight that are the opposite, opposite of being disappointed? You know, got to know what bad feels like to appreciate the good. And finally, let's look at what could cause you to feel overwhelmed. I know that feeling. I do. Um, I felt that way about school my entire life, even as a little kid, like in primary school. I was overwhelmed. I'd read a page in a history book. I couldn't remember it. I could understand it. I could read it back to you, and I was a pretty decent reader, but couldn't remember it an hour later. Uh, if somebody said to me, you know, what was the War of 1812 about? I don't know. If you asked me when the War of 1812 was, I think I could get that part right. So in my opinion, feeling overwhelmed can easily be caused by creating resolutions that are just too big and too general. Some examples uh, that relate to our world, um, and I stole this from my 2018 notes, uh, so you may have heard some of these before, but I did add some stuff. I will succeed with my music. Great. How? How are you going to succeed? That's a big big broad statement. I will succeed with my music. There's no definition. Um, I will become a famous musician. Well, at least that's a little more clear, but give me more detail. Famous classical musician? A famous rapper? A famous pop star? What do you mean, famous musician? Um, I will write hit songs. Again, not bad, but it's really broad. I will become a famous producer. So where do you start? What path do you take? Which choice is the right one to take you down that path to your eventual goal? Who, whose advice do you follow? So having all those thoughts with these big audacious and broad general goals, it's like you get stuck at where do you start? Which path? You could sit there and look at, you know, <laughs> uh, what do you call it, where um, the road not taken, uh, you know, where there's a road goes into a Y intersection and sit there and stare at it forever. Um, Mark Reel says, I feel overwhelmed with the mind-numbing technology involved in making music sound good. Help. <laughs> I'm good. If we have time, I'll talk to you about. Uh, I, I spent a fair amount of time with Logic uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's, especially on the weekends. Um, mind blowing how much stuff is in there, by the way. Anyway, all this stuff can overwhelm you. So, what do you end up doing? Absolutely not a friggin' thing. You just stand there staring at that Y in the road, going, I don't know which way to go. Do I go left? Go I, do I go right? Which choice is the right choice? And you just get overwhelmed. So you do nothing and you're stopped dead in your tracks. Um, instead, why don't you try creating small achievable goals? We've all heard this that'll motivate you to move forward as you accomplish each one. Some examples could be from our world. Um, I will create a simple instrumental cue with just two or three instruments. And now I'm going to talk about me learning logic. Um, I've been watching a video course by a guy named Charles Klein, I believe, C-L-E-Y-N-E, -E, Canadian dude, I believe. Um, and it's a good instructor. Uh, I like the pacing. I like uh, the detail that he includes. Um, 
So I decided the other day, first thing, I've been playing with Logic for a couple of years maybe, I'm doing some mixes on there and just getting familiar with the topography of it all and playing around with a lot of plugins, see how they sound, which I'm generally really impressed, um, even with the stock plugins that come with it. But uh, what I hadn't done yet was, okay, I'm going to start out with as an absolute beginner. You know, yes, I, I, I understand EQ curves. Yes, I understand compression. Yes, I understand the physics of reverb and what that sounds like. I, I, I'm fortunate that I learned all that stuff uh, at Criteria Studios <laughs> back in, in the day, and I've never forgotten it. Um, but I don't know how to use a digital audio workstation. It's much different than that console or this console. Um, everything's very linear on these, and yes, they're channel strips on Logic, but notice, uh, let's see, how can I get up there? <laughs> up at the top there, those are all those little track assignment buttons, so you have an instrument plugged into input number one on a panel out in the studio, and you want that to go to track 19, you take strip number one and push the 19 button and it sends over to track 19 on the tape machine or Pro Tools or whatever you're using. Um, but if you don't have a console to do that with, it's a whole different ballgame and unlimited number of tracks to record on. That's fun. Um, and taking a, a single plug-in and sticking it on a bus so you don't have to use, you know, your CPU's processing strength to add that same plug-in to 12 different channels, even though it sounds great on 12 different channels. So all those things. Um, anyway, I decided when I got to the section on using Apple Loops, I said, you know what? I'm going to create an instrumental, uh, like a little instrumental cue for film and TV. And I decided to do kind of a um, mysterious hip hop instrumental cue using loops only just to get familiar with using loops and getting a little faster, building up muscle memory on that stuff because it might be another three months before I get a chance to sit down and play with Logic again. That's the problem. In the past, I've tried to learn stuff. I've learned it in the moment and then later went back to do it and had to relearn it all. Anyway, so create a simple instrumental cue with just two or three instruments. I did that. It was wonderful and I was emotionally rewarded and highly recommended for everybody that doesn't, um, that isn't accomplished on using your DAW yet. Um, you could resolve uh, as your resolution. I will, uh, a daily thing, um, or no, not a daily thing, just a thing that you could resolve to do is I will look at a list of genres of film and TV music and make a list of the ones that seem most easily achievable for me. If you're not somebody who thinks in terms of like big, complicated, very sophisticated orchestral scores, don't start there. If you're more of a twangy acoustic guitar, harmonica playing, chorus seed and bottle on the neck of a dobro kind of person, do cues that would be used in a show like Duck Dynasty. Simple little organic acoustic baked cues that are in your ballpark, okay? Or wheelhouse, as we like to say around here. 
Um, you could resolve that you're going to print lyric sheets of your songs and highlight the lines or sections that are not that general or not that universal so that you can begin to better understand what not to do lyrically for film and TV songs. You could resolve that you're going to watch one video per day that teaches you how to use your DAW. Ta-da! Charles Klain. I like the guy. And try each tip several times so that it becomes muscle memory. So I actually did that one and I'm glad that I did. Um, you could resolve that I will go to the Taxi Forwards blog and listen to at least three forwards for listings that I didn't get forwarded on so I can take notes about what my fellow members did that I could incorporate in my work and do better. So I'm going to repeat that one. Go to the Forwards blog. Liz, if you would be so kind to drop that in the chat room um, so people know how to get there and see what other people got forwarded for so you can hear what works. Um, set a time and an alarm for five days a week when you spend an hour a day working on your music. When that alarm goes off, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, stop it and go to the room that your DAW, <laughs> I hate that. Somebody said to me the other day, I hate the, the word DAW. I'm sick of hearing about da, 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 da. I couldn't agree more. It might have been my wife that said that. Um, anyway, uh, but digital audio workstations, a mouthful. Anyway, set a time of day. Set an alarm. And religiously, when that alarm goes off, all right, folks, going to hibernate in the room with my studio, see you in an hour or 90 minutes or two hours, whatever amount of time. Just do it regularly and stick to it. And the next one, we're all guilty. I'm guilty. I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is open my laptop and turn on my cell phone. The laptop is under the bed, the cell phone's on the nightstand next to me, they're both being charged. I wake up in the morning, boom, go to work. Um, turn off your friggin' cell phone. Greatest thing in the world, most evil thing in the world. We all know that, right? Steve Jobs, love you dude, but really, it's changed the world for the better in many regards, and absolutely for the worst in others. Gonna hold up that pretty microphone just because I looked at it when I picked up my phone. Isn't that pretty? Somebody's gonna win this microphone today. I'm telling you, if it sounds even fractionally as good as the U47 Junior from Warm Audio, you're in good shape. Uh, excuse me, uh, try to not look at social media for an entire day and use that time instead to do something productive regarding your music. Don't look at social media. It's not inherently evil, but there's sure it's a time suck. Um, anyway, make a list of unproductive things that you do that prevent you from doing what you should be doing. Stephen Pressfield talks about this all the time under the, the general heading of resistance. Resistance is anything that keeps you from doing what you should do and what you want to do. Um, I don't care about the, I, Irina Shiloh says, I don't care about social media. I go there because I'm bored. Well, every time you feel bored, go sit down and make music. Just saying. Um, where am I? Okay, make a list of unproductive things that you do to prevent you from doing what you should be doing. <laughs> and I made a note. Remember, TikTok is evil. It is. 
the four, five, six times that I have gone and looked at TikTok, you can't stop. Uh, it's like somebody is injecting dopamine and just directly into your temporal lobe or some wherever it goes. I don't know, but it's dopamine, baby. Okay, next one. Wake up early. Resolve that you're going to wake up early. Randon Purcell is my hero. The guy gets up at 4.30 in the morning to work on music because his family would come down for breakfast at like 7.30. So he'd get two or three hours of work done before the family even came down for breakfast. He'd be hiding in his basement working on his music. Guess what? He now works full time for a publisher that mostly does trailer work. Uh, and, and he's employed as, as a staff composer for a trailer music company. Um, and he got there in a pretty short amount of time. He started with Taxi. I mean, he was making music already in bands. I think he was in a band with his brother. Um, and always had an interest in doing orchestral stuff uh, and, and was very inquisitive and maybe even passionate about doing trailer work. But he really cut his teeth with Taxi doing instrumental cues, um, and we get up at 4.30 in the morning to do it, and he got so good at it and so fast and so organized that eventually that led, and so good. I mean, his music is really good. Um, but he wasn't born that way. It's not like he was born with some gift for doing orchestral trailers um, or hybrid trailers. He's, he worked hard to learn the craft. Anyway, it paid off. Um, before you go to bed each night, I try to do that all the time. Where's my book? Oh, here's last year's. I actually still use these guys, the old at-a-glance thingy. Um, wow. Impressive. Impressive middle of the week, anyway, that week. Whoops. Um, so... Yeah, having a list, checking it off, going back and rechecking it. I can't tell you how often I go back and look at last week's stuff and I try and pick the stuff out that I didn't get to because I do check stuff off when I do it. And if something didn't get checked off, then I move it to the current week that I'm in or maybe the week after that. Um, and I try really hard at night before I go upstairs uh, to write in my book, um, these are the things I've got to do tomorrow. Very satisfying feeling, and you do get a better night of sleep when you are able to know that you have a plan for the next day versus waking up and going, gosh, what was it that I was supposed to be doing today? That's a pretty bad feeling. I know that feeling a little too well. Um, get dressed for work each day, even if you're working from home. Uh, I want to give Ariana from our staff credit for that one. During the lockdown, um, and everybody was working remotely on the taxi staff, Ari would put on her nice like office outfit. You know, not that we really have a dress code at taxi uh, other than no shorts, I think is no shorts, no nudity. I think those are the only two rules on the staff for the dress code. Uh, and Ari um, was dressed really nicely. Like so first, second, third day, I said to her, look at you all dressed up. And she goes, I'm dressing like I'm working at the office to give myself the impetus to work at that level at home. And I'd heard that before. I think my dad actually told me when I was a kid, you know, dress like a slob and you'll be a slob, something to that effect. Um, apparently that one didn't stick because, man, I wear T-shirts and flannels and jeans. I'm wearing a pair of jeans holding the knee right now. 
Uh, I'm wearing a dressy shirt for the show today. <laughs> it's hard. My wardrobe is really limited because I'm sitting in front of a green screen. So I would say 40% of my clothes have green in them, even though it's not my favorite color by any stretch of the imagination. But I can't wear a lot of the stuff that I own because if I sit in front of the green screen, it's like see-through. doesn't really work. Um, create a to-do list and check off items as you accomplish them. Chunking, which is one of the terms that the pros use, and just, you know, like the guy who wrote the book Getting Things Done, he called it chunking, if I remember correctly. I wouldn't know because I'd finished the damn book. Chunking or slicing is a technique recommended by most authors who write productivity books. Map out your ideas, musical ideas. Create a musical idea book and an idea template in your DAW. And this is one of the things I learned from watching uh, Charles Klein's videos or maybe it's somebody else's video about creating sketches in your DAW using loops. Um, and there's some new feature I can't even remember the name of that's fairly new to Logic um, where you can, you know, what? It, uh, what are those little things with all the colored pads on them? Um, I forget what they're called, but it's kind of like that, but in a virtual world. And people use it to drag in ideas and put them and move them around. Anyway, so I did that when I was creating my um, hip-hop instrumental cue. I, uh, I did that and thought, wow, yeah, you could do this. Uh, rather than sitting there and cooking up a drum beat, just drag in a beat. Or rather than cooking up you know, an arpeggiated synth, um, don't create one, it'll slow down the process. Just grab one in a loop, bring it over and drop it in there. And then later, once this thing gets built out, you go, I got something here. Because you may not, maybe oftentimes you won't. But for the times that you do come up with something really cool and you want to fully produce it, that's when you go in and imitate what's been done in the loops and make it more your own and make it even better. So there you go. Um, here's an important one, and, and one that I personally find interesting, uh, even though I really suck as a musician, but the producer in me um, always found this to be fascinating, and now that I'm deeply into film and TV, study moods and how keys, chords, and voicings communicate those moods and enhance those moods, and learn one a day. So let's say that you wanted um, to create a mood that's like anticipating danger. What kind of chords? I mean, it would probably be minor chords, I would think. Um, maybe even some minor sevenths, maybe, I don't know. Um, and work on your voicings. Can you invert something? And, and does that lend itself better to, wow, that sounds more like the mood I'm trying to convey. So I've found that our members who are highly successful and highly accomplished at creating film and TV cues, they've done this work. They're always doing this work. I don't think they ever feel like they're finished. It's an ongoing process but they've learned about it and it makes a difference. So there's something you could do every day. Every day you could take a mood and spend an hour learning about the chords and the voicings um, and the keys. The keys make a difference. Absolutely they make a difference. Um, so there you go.
Um, I already talked about this one. Uh, learn how to sketch out ideas with loops, then create your own tracks based on those ideas. Um, how about watching one Taxi TV episode per day? We've got members that will actually send us emails. They send it to like member services or somebody in the staff and it gets forwarded to me. I'm not only flattered, but I'm, I'm happy that there are people that get they watch an episode or two of Taxi TV, and even though the show is live and it's losing our production values, we don't try to be something we're not. It's not about, wow, that looks like a real TV show. But the information that we try to convey in a fun, entertaining, yet educational way is really good, I think. Uh, and that's what people tell me, so I'm basing my opinion on the feedback we get. But I love it when people say, I've watched an episode or two and I was hooked. And now I try to watch one episode every morning. You know, I, I, I do the Rand and Purcell thing. I get up early in the morning and I put on headphones in bed and on my phone watch one taxi TV while my spouse is still sleeping. So that's a cool thing. At the very least, watch one of the five-minute clips. Um, Bria and Ariana and Liz have made all these clips over the last few years. We've got an entire session. It's funny, people say, I can't believe you do a show that's 90 minutes long. Nobody's going to watch that crap. Well, clearly some people do, and thank you. Uh, I'm glad that you guys do. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, but for those who don't have the attention span and you just want to get a five-minute dose of information on something very specific or niche, we do have... I don't know, maybe a couple hundred, maybe 300 of those little five-minute video clips. So make that a resolution. Five minutes a day and learn a lot. Um, anyway, and, and that leads me to my next segment, which is what else can you do in five minutes a day? Um, you could listen to one reference song or a track in a listing every day to get familiar with current artist sounds and production styles. Um, I was at, I have a, an adult daughter. All my daughters are adults now, actually. Uh, but I've got a daughter who lives in uh, Studio City, about 25, 30 minutes away from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, and we go over there to visit, and I've met the next-door neighbor on a couple of occasions. Uh, turns out he's Phoebe Bridger's um, manager. And quite frankly, I've heard the name Phoebe Bridgers, but had no idea what her music sounded like. So I spent a chunk of time over the weekend listening to a bunch of her music, just so that that's in my storehouse of, that's what Phoebe Bridgers sounds like. I wasn't particularly, she's not bad, but I, I, I mean, she kind of, sorry, Phoebe. And I hope I don't, like, I hope this doesn't filter back to uh, my daughter's next door neighbor, because he seems like a nice guy. Um, but she sounds like um, Billie Eilish light to me. I mean, it, you know what? I shouldn't even insult her by saying Billie Eilish light. She's in that bag, in that ballpark. And Billie kind of owns that little piece of real estate and does it so well. Uh, but, you know, uh, Taylor Swift loves Phoebe Bridgers, and she invited her to be the opening act. It doesn't get any better than being the opening act on a Taylor Swift tour. So clearly I'm wrong, and the people who love Phoebe Bridgers are 100% right. Taylor Swift rarely makes a mistake. Um, by the way, I heard a uh, Taylor Swift song. I was listening to pop radio, you know, whatever the big hit radio station is here in L.A. this weekend while I was doing a chunk of driving. And 
There's a, a song on um, Taylor Swift's new record that sounds so, shouldn't even sound like Taylor Swift to me anymore. Uh, but artists evolve, I get that. But she sounds so much like Madonna. Even her vocal timbre sounds like Madonna. Her delivery sounds like Madonna. And the song had like a four note melody that if you put two more notes in there would have been a complete ripoff of a Madonna song melody. So I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Anyway, listen to one reference song or track in a taxi listing every day to get familiar with current artists and sounds of production styles. Duh. That one's so obvious. Take any musical genre you feel comfortable with and make a quick list of moods and emotions within that genre. Example, rock. Is it anthemic rock? Is it uplifting rock? Is it dark and scary rock? Is it sad and depressing rock? Swaggery rock? Determined rock? Angry rock? Haunting rock? Carefree? Mechanical rock? Rousing rock? Rebellious rock? Uh, and those are just whatever popped into my head while writing this under rock, you know? So there's so much you can do. Write just one short, This is these are all five minute suggestions, by the way, if you don't have five minutes and you don't really want to be in the industry. Five minutes! Um, write just one short melody per day. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just write the damn thing. Just one melody a day. Most of them won't be very good. Most of them will get thrown out. But every now and then, you're going to land on a great one. So you could write 20 in a year, uh, or 30 in a year, to find the one good one. Or you could write 30 in a month and increase your your speed of coming up with good stuff by a factor of 12. <laughs> this stuff seems so obvious to me. Um, write just one line, one lyric line for a song every day. Again, 29 out of 30 are probably going to suck, but one a month you'll go, wow, that's big boy songwriting right there. I did something really cool. Write just one song title per day. Maybe that one should go in front of write one line for a song. Just write one song title per day. Uh, write 30 in a month. You're going to come up with some song titles that are going to spurn you. Is that the word I'm looking for? They're going to cause you to write full songs based on that title being so cool. And the title gives you an idea for the whole story of the song. Duh! Um, Write down just one idea for a song topic every day. I love you. I'm brokenhearted. I feel like I've got a new life. It's a brand new day. It's girls' night out. <laughs> Obviously, I haven't given a lot of thought to that one, but you get the idea. Listen to one song or track. Oh my gosh, I've got several pages to go here. Listen to one song or track from one of your fellow members every day and start to build a list of potential collaborators. That was one of my biggest takeaways from this year's Road Rally. It's amazing how many people I either spoke to at the rally or heard from right after the rally that told me um, that collaboration was easily half of their reason for succeeding. And they met their collaborators either in the chat room on Taxi TV or they met their collaborators on the Taxi Forum at forums.taxi.com. Um, Oh no, taxi, sorry, ta Liz, what is it? Uh, taxi.com slash forums or is it? No, it's forums with an S dot taxi.com. Um, they've met collaborators. 
Um, I, we just got a call. Uh, my wife told me that member services got a call the other day from somebody that um, had been a member for six years, and he was calling to apologize for not renewing. First of all, I was so flattered. I mean, come on, what kind of company engenders that kind of loyalty from customers that when somebody is done being a customer, that they called to apologize, but he did. He took that time. So clearly we've touched the hearts of our members, which thrills me to no end, and I mean that. Um, the reason he is not renewing is he'd made a bunch of submissions and got forwards, never got contacted by a company, but through relationships he built at the road rally that ended up in collaborations, he was able to go arm in arm in lockstep or riding the coattails in, however you want to phrase it, um, to companies, to libraries, to music licensing companies with other members. And that fast-tracked his career to the point where he doesn't have time to submit to taxis listings anymore. So there you go. Um, Oh, I got to go get a prop for this one. I'll be right back. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm watching you guys. Okay, if this prop doesn't throw off the white balance of my camera, I don't know what will. <laughs> get yourself a big old calendar like this. I mean, you could get one that's half as big or a quarter as big. I like the big one. Um, I think this was like $16. It had 18 months of stuff in there. Okay, so now you've seen the prop. I prefer that for this next task I'm going to describe more than I like my day runner or the, you know, week at a glance thing. I like looking at the entire month on one sheet. <sighs> Where is it now? All right. Print or buy a calendar and put a big red X on every day that you don't do a five-minute goal. Woo, guilt. Spend four bucks, get yourself the giant Sharpie. They actually make one that's like much bigger. It's like about as big around as a hot dog. Um, it's got a much bigger tip. This is pretty substantial. Um, or you could just use a highlighter. Regular old garden variety, 50 cent, hot, well, dollar highlighter. Make an X every day when you don't do your five-minute goal, a five-minute goal, a five-minute task, a five-minute resolution. Take that sucker and make a big red X on it and look at it every day. Wallow in the guilt. Roll around naked on that calendar. Wallow in the guilt that you're not spending five minutes a day to move your career forward. <sighs> Hang it on your bathroom mirror. <laughs> I do that sometimes. I take post-it notes, which mine are... Oh, here we go. Love post-it notes. Pink ones and blue ones. Girl notes, boy notes. Boy, I'm probably going to get nasty letters for that. I didn't mean anything offensive by it, trust me. Um, but, you know, I, I do stick stuff on the bathroom mirror before I go to bed at night, so I wake up the next morning, and that thing is 
the thing that's top of my mind. Irina, I'm seeing you say five minutes is not enough for anything. Absolutely, it is for some things. I mean, believe me, I would love it if you'd spend an hour or two. But five minutes, that gives you enough time to listen to one song from a fellow member. Go on the forum and look at your fellow members and say, okay, today I'm going to go listen to a Dean Crepain song or a whoever song, Ken Mesford song, and get familiar with the type of stuff they do to see if it's somebody that you might want to collaborate with. That takes five minutes. Um, the human brain is wired to recognize and welcome patterns. That's a sure thing. I, I've read that in, in marketing books. I've read it um, in, God, what's it called? Songwriting DNA, futurehit.dna, which is a great book, by the way. Futurehit.dna. I can't remember the author's name right now. I read that book probably 10 years ago or more. Thought it was a great book. Um, human brain is wired to recognize and welcome patterns. If you make something a habit, your brain will soon see it as a pattern and begin to like it so much that when you don't do it, your subconscious will feel an emotional void and drive you to stick with the habit. All right? Makes sense, right? Do something every day. I mean, it's kind of like playing, you know, the guitar solo, learning the solo Stairway to Heaven. Um, do it every day for five minutes. At the end of a month, you might actually be pretty good at it. Um, I wouldn't be because my left hand sucks on that stuff. Um, conversely, when you make something a habit, your brain will reward you. When you make something a habit and you get good at it because it's become a habit, your brain will reward you with a shot of dopamine when you do it. And when you get that dopamine, what does that do? It makes you want to go back and get more dopamine. What do you do to get more dopamine? You do the thing that got you the dopamine in the first place. You make more music. You practice that guitar solo. Whatever it is, it becomes a, what do they call it, like a virtuous cycle or something, I think is the term for it. Bless yourself with a virtuous cycle for 2023. If you wait to do any of this stuff until you have all your ducks in, your row, in a row, you'll never start. It's so what we were talking about earlier, about being overwhelmed, you know, staring at the divergent road. Which do I go left? Do I go right? You could stare at that sucker all day long. Most people will and never go anywhere. You just won't start. Rather, you're so fearful of making the wrong choice that you don't start. So we hear that from people all the time. Oh, yeah, I've been looking at taxi. I, I literally hear this once a week at least, and that's just me hearing it. I've been looking at taxi for years, probably decades but I haven't joined yet because I want to build up my catalog. So you've had a decade or two and you still haven't built up your catalog, which you and I know, the, those of us who are regulars here know, um, don't build a catalog before you start Taxi because it'll be the wrong catalog. It's wasted time. Create the music in response to the listings that are in front of your face today. Don't wait till you have all your ducks in a row. You will never start, I promise you. Make yourself accountable by making one of your friends sort of a study buddy and emailing or texting them one thing that you accomplish every day. There's a five-minute thing you could do. Every day, just send a sketch that you've made by dragging loops into your DAW um, and send it to your study buddy, your collaborator. What do you think of this one? Um, 
I did this one when I started Taxi. We wouldn't be standing here or sitting here, as it were, having this conversation if I hadn't done this stuff. Tell your family or close friends what your achievable goals are and make a big deal about it. Everywhere I went to the point where my wife would give me a dirty look. If we went to somebody's house for a dinner, I would tell them about my company I was starting. If we went to a picnic or something school-related, whatever, I would tell everybody I talked to, oh yeah, uh, I'm starting a company called Taxi, where a music company helps you get your music from where it is to where you want it to go. Um, I was just looking. I found a coaster the other day that my daughter Rachel made for me in 1992, the year I started the company. She made a coaster out of a tile that would normally be like something you would put on a kitchen island or a shower or something. Uh, and I thought that was really cute. But, you know, again, because I talked about it constantly, I was scared to death of embarrassing myself by failing. I mean, on one hand, we had to eat, so I had to succeed. Uh, on the other hand, I, I didn't want to put myself through the trauma of failing, falling flat on my face in front of hundreds of people. Um, <laughs> Andre, one of the greatest ideas ever, taxi. Um, thank you, Andre. Um, anyway, um, yeah, tell everybody you know, because it's embarrassing to fail in front of people you care about. So here we are at the end of all that, um, and it leads me to one, one thought about resolutions, which is start small if you want to achieve something big. If you try to start big, people talk about big, hairy, audacious goals. That's actually a phrase that's in a lot of business books. Big, hairy, audacious goals. Maybe it's in a lot of self-help books. Start small. Do what's achievable, get the dopamine, get the that satisfaction of I've achieved something, and then go on to the next thing. Because uh, this is a quote from a gentleman named Michael Hyatt, since our goals represent the things that matter most to us, shouldn't we fight for them? So if you've been that person, which you are, you wouldn't be watching this show if you haven't wanted some form of success, whatever form that is for you, um, probably your entire adult life, maybe since you were a kid. Um, it's something that you've always wanted. Um, it's a goal that represents something that matters most to you. Shouldn't you fight for that? So thank you, Michael Hyatt, for that quote. Uh, anyway, I hope this inspired you to create and follow through on some of your realistic and productive resolutions for this coming year. I am going to give away this wonderful microphone in a minute, but I want to talk to you about something very important. Um, the yellow monitors do look like SpongeBob, don't they? I thought that when I when I got the shot the other day from my friend. Here, let's go to the blue ones for a minute. There we go. Remember, that's the room that Saturday Night Fever was cut in. Okay, and I shot the sheriff, a bunch of other stuff. Um, anyway. I'm going to give away the microphone. Uh, but I want to preview something I'm going to talk about. Hopefully, I'll have it together enough to talk about this on next week's show. And it's something that I'm thinking about doing a three or four or five part course on. It'll be a free course. We'll give it away. 
Um, I may not do it in taxi TV format. I may, I don't know. It's just starting to gel for me. I'll keep you in the loop. Uh, I want to read you an email and if everybody could just take a moment from uh, typing in the chat room and listen really carefully to this because this is something I've spoken about before and it's becoming a serious issue that I want to address and I want every taxi member um, to think about this. This is an email from the CEO of a music licensing company that was sent to us on Thursday, January 5th of last week. Um, I, I won't disclose the company name or the CEO's name, but Tom, um, who's head of A&R here at Taxi, had reached out to him um, about running some more listings. Um, it, it's a pretty substantial company, uh, well-respected. It's a real company, you know. Anyway, um, we were very glad to bring them on board as clients. They're picky. They're really picky, uh, and, and we love when we land a picky client, and they love the music they get from us. Anyway, uh, Tom wrote to him, and he writes back, says, Happy New Year to you too, Tom. I'll let you know, presumably, about when I'm ready to run more listings. I took a lot of people on for that last listing that I wrote with you, uh, or gave you, which I'm not going to tell you what it was for, because it may help some of you identify this person in the company. I don't want that to happen. But I will tell you that it was for instrumental tracks. So he says, I took a lot of people on. Uh, he's British. There's a little clue. Uh, but it's probably not who you think, because it's a pretty new company, or new to us client. Uh, the problem taking on new people is the ones who aren't regular library composers deliver frequently incorrectly. Syntax-wise, it's a little confusing, but what he's saying is when you take on a lot of people, you get people who um, don't know the drill. We've all heard me talk about that before ad nauseum, right? Um, so his exact words, uh, taking uh, new people on is the ones who aren't regular library composers deliver frequently incorrectly. He goes on to say, uh, for example, the wrong levels versions not correct, or technical errors. If it's one person, it's not the end of the world, but I spend a huge amount of time holding the hands of most of the composers to get their music to the point of delivery. The creative quality was unquestionable. So you would think, or these people must think, all I have to do is make great music, to which we always say, no. The, you need to understand the business side as well as you understand the creating the music side. So he says the creative quality was unquestionable, which is flattering. I'm really happy for you guys. I'm proud of you. But it's frustrating having to send things back so many times when things are set out clearly in my delivery guidelines. I guess this is the difference between those who do this as a living full time and those who do it in their spare time. I don't want our members, maybe it's selfish on my part, but I don't want our members to be perceived as weekend warriors. And just because you're making great music, this guy's laying it out. Just because you make great music um, does not mean I have to have that music. So, you know, like that gentleman the other day who said that uh, he, 
uh, had been a member for six years and been forwarded all the time, never heard back. Maybe it was something he was doing beyond the, the it was good enough for the screeners to forward, but maybe there was something else about it. Maybe his levels were so bad. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I guess this is the difference between those who do this as a living full time and those who do it in their spare time. Not your fault, Taxi, but it was kind of my fault that I took so many people on. I took tracks from 17 people that you forwarded to me. So 17 of our members signed deals. Um, I don't know how many of these have fallen apart now. And he says, that was a huge, and he um, italicized the word huge, huge amount of micromanaging. I think I probably need to be more careful about taking too many people on at the same time especially those who are new to the business or less experienced, even if the final product is brilliant. The album, meaning an album of, you know, a particular genre, as libraries tend to do now, they put out a whole album of like 10, 12, 14, 15 pieces of music that are all like a certain type of, a certain genre of cue. The album is still waiting on people to deliver their corrections. So that's how badly this guy's business was screwed up by the members that we forwarded to him, that he offered deals to, that he signed deals with, and they couldn't get it right with their levels or whatever, that they are holding up his delivery schedule on when his product comes out. Do you think he'll ever come back and run another listing with us? Uh, he goes, absolutely not your fault here, but I just wanted to let you know the issues of taking new blood on are from my perspective. It's hugely time-consuming, basically. I'll be in touch when there's a project I can involve you in. That was a blow-off. I'll be in touch when there's a project I can involve you in. Nick Parton's asking, are there any resources on Taxi that deal with some general rules on this subject? I'm new here, so I may not have found them yet. Yeah, Taxi TV. Go look at all the videos from Taxi TV on our YouTube site. Read our newsletter every month. I mean, uh, look at the forum. You can ask any of your fellow members on the forum. But when people ask for a, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a good example. Um, when they're asking for a certain sample rate, when they're asking for cues, you know, give me cut downs to, you know, give me a, a 10, a 15, a 30, a 60, a 90, and a two minute. And, and people deliver, you know, a, a 12 second instead of a 10 second, or a 17 instead of a 15, or a 31 instead of a 30. Well, but it's okay, it ended at 30, but the ring out goes to 31. That doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, a professional knows that absolutely matters. Your reverb ring out or your instrument ring out, it needs to be gone. Whatever number they tell you is the time limit, everything needs to be silent by the time that hits. So it's a, a bunch of little things like that. Um, anyway, we have already started uh, the process of collecting um, guidelines from several of the libraries that we work with and we're going to put together either a course uh, come in Liz I see you out there uh, just want to remind you about the microphone thank you close on time. okay um, we are um, absolutely going to put together a course and, and put together a comprehensive bullet point list of the stuff you should know will it be everything all the time forever 
I don't think so. It'll be a lot. But dear God, people, please. I mean, we, we go to so much effort. You can't imagine the amount of time and effort it takes to bring in these new clients. This one's only run listings with us three times. They're gone. So because 17, or at least a decent-sized portion of 17 of our members, that's a, a nice chunk of people getting signed, right? Um, the opportunities from that company are in all likelihood gone for the rest of you forever because the majority of the 17 people that we forwarded couldn't get their act together enough to make Taxi and the rest of you look like professionals. Heartbreaking, and you can tell by the tone of this guy's email, he's sorry to have to write this, sounds like a really nice guy. Um, he and I have actually uh, exchanged some emails over the course of like Friday and, and today, and he does, he sounds like a nice guy. Anyway, I'm depressed about that. I, I'm brokenhearted, frankly. And um, so let's make that a common New Year's resolution that every single taxi member has, which is get your act together. When somebody says from a library that's offered you a deal, get the contract signed, scanned, and back in my hands by Wednesday at noon Eastern Daylight Time, get it to them by 11 o'clock that morning. Um, when they ask you for a 30-second cutdown, give them a 30-second cutdown. When they tell you that they want stems a certain way, give them the stems. Just do what they ask. And if you don't know how, don't avoid them and don't go to them. So many musicians like, I don't know this stuff. I'm new. Can you help me? They don't have the time. And this guy sounds like a nice guy. But they don't have the time to hold hands for 17 people when they've got 3,500 musicians in their library. They're going to move on to the people that are tried and true, that are already in their library, that met the test, they got everything right, and then other people are going to go, wah, 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 I'm getting forwarded, but I'm not getting signed. Now you know the main reason for that happening, I believe. Um, geez, guys, please, please, please pay attention to this stuff. Anyway, I'm sorry to, you know, end on a sour note. Um, anyway, um, who'd like to win a microphone? Uh, where the hell did the box go? Oh. So just so you know, that's what it looks like in the um, shock mount that it comes with. And it's also got a nice uh, a really nice box actually and it's got a nice you know like naugahyde cover that goes over the microphone it doesn't come with an xlr cable but if you have a studio and you don't have an xlr cable then you don't really have a studio um so here's what we're gonna do um and, and i'm so sorry to have to exclude people who live outside of the united states or canada but oftentimes, this thing's really heavy. Shipping these things um, will cost as much as the microphone costs. <laughs> so um, the bottom line is uh, sometimes when we do these things they are heavy to ship, we limit people. You can only enter this. I'm sorry to say, um, if you live outside of the United States or Canada um, and, and you go ahead and, and enter this little contest and you win it and we discover you're in Australia, 
we're going to give it away again next week. You're not getting it to Australia. It has nothing to do with the fact that we don't love Australians, because we do. You guys know how to throw a shrimp on the barbie better than anybody. Um, and you make great music. Um, Andre, no, Andre, Canadians can win. <laughs> Andre says, I only have 17 mics. You're my kind of guy, Andre. This is why I like you. Anybody who's got 17 mics, I love. Um, Eden Rain, you're from France. I'm sorry. Um, lovely country, by the way. Love Paris. Best food anywhere. Uh, so here we go. Um, yeah, why is everybody telling Andre, you know, Canadians can win. We can ship it to Canada. So here's what we're going to do. And you can only type uh, this in one time and do not start until I say go. Um, Carl Wurzbeck has 17 fishing rods. Also my kind of guy. My two favorite things in the world, fishing and microphones. There you go. Um, all right. When I say go, if you are from the United States of America, one of the 50 states, including Alaska and Hawaii, um, or you're from Canada, um, type in plus one. And Liz, who's sitting, I don't know, probably 50 feet away from me in another office, is going to go up and down the chat room list with the fickle finger of fate, and she's going to go bap on one of the names, and then she's going to type in who won the microphone. But see, you guys, you're already typing in plus ones. Did I say go? No. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. If a library says to you, I I'm sorry, I'm not doing this yet. We, I didn't say go. I didn't say go. Why are you guys so bad at following instructions? Why, why, why? All right, I'm changing the rules because you guys can't follow the old one. Um, ooh, Brandon Fisherman. I should just give it to him because I like him. Um, Okay, so here's what we're going to do is when I say go, which I haven't said yet other than just, <laughs> you're going to type in plus two. Okay, one, two, three, go. See, not that hard to follow the rules, is it, guys? Wow. If this microphone doesn't sound amazing, I'd be shocked because it's this thing like outweighs a Neumann U87. And I know you can't judge a microphone by the weight, but surely the build quality is some indication that they actually gave a damn. All right, as soon as you stop, Liz will announce who the winner is, and I'm very excited for the winner because, as I said, it's a large capsule um, condenser microphone and uh, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's got to sound good because <laughs> it just feels so good. It's going to have my fingerprints and my DNA all over it, so I guess I won't be committing any crimes that they could tie my DNA back to me. Dixie Taylor, you're automatically disqualified because I said only once, and you're in there one, two, three, four, gee, Dixie, five. My goodness. 
CSI Taxi. You got it, Libby. <laughs> oh, man. Pay closer attention, please, Dixie. All right, Liz, um, let me know when you've got a winner. Don't kill anyone with that mic. <laughs> oh, man. Marion Laird says she was typing it all over the place, so if you didn't hear it, you should have seen it. Yeah, it's amazing. Irina looked up. Yes, it's a $200 microphone. I got to tell you, the uh, the U47 Junior that I opened up and tried, that one was like $299. Literally sounds like a two or $3,000 mic. Really, really impressive. Janet Snare is the winner. Yay, I know, Janet. Congratulations, Janet. Um, wow, uh, I was talking about you during the road rally, which, by, by the way, I would love to do a road rally roundup in a couple of episodes. We'll get to that. Um, I really enjoyed the road rally this year. I should not have taken on doing two days of road rally sequels for eight hours of videos uh, per day after. Um, that was a big mistake on my part. And then I got on a plane the next day. Uh, I was fried. It literally took me about three weeks to bounce back from the rally. But... Um, I could tell by the looks on everybody's faces, by all the kind words that people had to share, um, the the nice notes and quotes. Uh, and tomorrow my project is working on another, if you haven't seen, go to the Taxi website, look under newsletter, news, the top menu bar, look at the current issue of the newsletter, it's out there. We started publishing some photos from the rally and the next issue of the newsletter, which comes out later this month, We'll also have more road rally photos, and I might even get really generous and include more in the following month. Because um, our photographer, uh, our, our main photographer is Jim DeModica, um, and um, Ryan Talby is like our, our other photographer. Not to, but Jim just has a gift for photographing taxi members. Ryan is a great photographer as well. Uh, I, I smile when I see Jim's photos. Not that I frown when I see Ryan. Sorry, Ryan, if you're watching the show. Um, anyway, uh, really, really great photos. So I want to share as many as possible. Um, Tom says, really enjoyed my first Taxi TV. Thank you, Michael. You are welcome, Tom. Thanks for joining us today. Everybody, thanks. It's great to be back. Uh, great to be back doing a live one here. I'll cycle through... Uh, cycle through the new backgrounds a couple times. Remember, go vote uh, in the comments section. Do you like the the yellow, the control room with the yellow speakers, the control room with the blue speakers, or the old control room as the taxi background? I would really appreciate your input on that. And I will see you next week for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Yes, Taxi TV next Monday. <laughs>